Welcome to the Miskatonic Region, a newbie-friendly Mage the Awakening podcast set in a world that is an homage to the works of H.P. Lovecraft. This is Chapter 1, Part 3, the Anabasis Prelude, featuring Cis TBC as Tartarus, MRM Dubois as Morpheus, and Evil Squeegee as the Storyteller. At dusk, the wild, lonely country, guarding the approaches to the village of Dunwich in north-central Massachusetts, seems more desolate and forbidding than it ever does by day. Twilight lends the barren fields and domed hills a strangeness that sets them apart from the country around that area. It brings to everything a kind of sentient, watchful animosity. To the ancient trees, to the briar-bordered stone walls passing close upon the dusty road, to the low marshes with their myriads of fireflies, their incessantly calling whisper-wills, vying with the muttering of frogs and the shrill songs of toads, to the sinuous windings of the upper reaches of the Miskatonic flowing among the dark hills seaward, all of which seem to close in upon the traveler as if intent upon holding him fast beyond all escape. H.P. Lovecraft and August Derelith. Alright, so now that I've got you both in the same place at the same time for once in our goddamn lives for this podcast, uh, <laughs> yes, and the cat. The cat as well. She Some won't let you forget it. Uh, the, uh, the Miss Cat-onic? Yeah? Miss Cat-onic region? She's our mass. No. She's our cat's You're god. in the podcast. I'm leaving. <laughs> You're All in right. the cat cast. Uh, so, chapter one, what... <laughs> <laughs> chapter one, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> Seriously, I could get her to meow almost on command if you ever need it for the familiar. I will I will definitely ask you for that, but currently what we're going to do is if, you're, if, if one of us is talking, the others need to mute. Okay, that way, just for the ease, the ease of juggling. So, when we last, when we finished off chapter one, both of you had awakened and been introduced to the basic reality of being a mage. Our story will begin many months later after you have been educated in the Arcana, you've been given your basic rotes, membership in your orders has been finalized. In the Miskatonic region, which consists of uh, several small cities... Small cities, small towns, basically. Like little suburban uh, clusters of civilized society. Uh, all built up around the shores of the Miskatonic River. Mages have gathered here and divvied these lands up into territories. The problem is that either you must forge yourself a new territory or have territory given to you. Now, it's easier if you have territory given to you because that means that it's already been surveyed and investigated and glanced at by mages who are better at magic than you are. And that's where we're going to begin. You see, there is a cabal in the area by the name of Finders Keepers. And there is a law about the Miskatonic. Now, as I've explained Prior to the campaign, the Miskatonic River seems to flow through all forms and layers of reality. The underworld, the shadow, the astral, the realms beyond, and elsewhere. It flows through all places and all times. And as such, occasionally, things tend to flow down the river, they wash up on the shores of the Miskatonic, that come from realms beyond and times beyond. Uh, these things are of absolutely 
high value to mages because they are clues as to the mystery of how the Miskatonic River itself works. This is relevant to both of you because one, uh, for Morpheus, the Miskatonic River can be, it, it, it's the root trace point for a lot of the weird things that get called into his radio show. And for uh, for Tartarus, I mean, well, you awoke when you were dumped into the waters of the Miskatonic itself. So there's a special personal uh, reason you might be interested in other things that have washed up from other times and places. Uh, now, you guys are the rookie mages. You're little baby mages with weak spells and not a huge grasp on a wide variety of arcana. And as such... If somebody else wanted something from the Miskatonic, they could outright just take it from you. Thankfully, the Miskatonic region is older than five minutes and has already foreseen this problem, and there are laws about what mages can take what from the Miskatonic and when. And the answers to this are if it flow if it naturally just washes up on the shore in your territory, it's yours. But if it doesn't naturally wash up on the shores of your territory, and it keeps flowing. You are not allowed to touch it. It will be collected at the end of the Miskatonic when it opens up into the ocean, and there will be monthly meetings for all of the mages in the area where those who contribute will be rewarded with things from the Miskatonic collections. Uh, there was a cabal by the name of Finders Keepers, and they were found guilty of breaking this law. They manipulated the flow of the Miskatonic River in order for a particular thing that was floating down it to wash up on their shores. They were caught. They paid the fine. The fine, in this case, was they sacrificed a small part of their territory in Dunwich. Now, Dunwich is not a particularly fascinating place to live. It's not a particularly mystically significant location. Just about the only significant mystical aspect of Dunwich that anybody else cares about is that up until the mysterious pact was signed that seemed to bring peace and prosperity to the land, Dunwich was very important. And then immediately after the signing of the pact, it was never mentioned again by anybody. And it was the most boring place you could possibly live. It's quiet. So they sacrificed to the concilium, to the, uh, to the government of mages in the area, a small patch of land right on the shores of the Miskatonic River. Not just any piece of their territory, but a valuable piece of their territory. And the Concilium does this often when people break the law because it allows them to divvy those patches of land out as rewards. Or, in the case of a small streak of awakenings, it gives them a nice contained place to put the rookie mages. And that, my friends, is where you guys come along. You don't know each other very well, but you've seen each other in the monthly meetings that the entire Concilium has where magical mysteries are doled out like rewards for those who participate and contribute to the community. Uh, each of you has your mentor. Uh, most notably, I'm going to talk to Morpheus here, Cuthbert here, uh, I mean, uh, Tartarus here is, a, is a, an apprentice to Cuthbert. Cuthbert is a counselor. And I forget what... Or, Cuthbert is a guardian counselor. He's one of the two guardians of the Vale on the council. Uh, that means that basically... Uh, Tartarus has a little bit of celebrity that you don't. He's got a highly influential mentor. Now, Tartarus, you are being paired up with Morpheus. 
and Morpheus is being mentored by Karina. Now, Karina comes from the Circle. That's actually the name of their cabal. The Circle is influential for reasons we aren't going to get into right now. They're non non-traditional political influence, and they are all creepy. They practice old magic with old spirits, and they claim to be dealing with the things that cause the mysteries that all of these other mages are studying. And Karina is well known for having her pet succubus that she keeps on a leash that follows her commands. Rumor has it that when Karina awoke, it was because the succubus set upon her and she stole its soul. Uh, you have both been told that it is unacceptable in the Miskatonic region for a mage to practice without a cabal. It is poor form anywhere in the world for a mage to practice without a cabal because mages catch each other in their hubris and they help steer each other away from madness but in the Miskatonic region where sometimes information turns out not to be information but abyssal taint or worse in and of itself where sometimes things masquerade as truth but are instead mere madness and corruption that watching of each other's backs is so much more essential here than anywhere else. And so here, practicing magic without your cabal is a much more, shall we say, harshly punished hubris. And so you are being paired up with somebody of equal knowledge and skill, though in different departments. Another rookie mage who's just awakened has been given the same basic training you have. And you are being gifted this territory in Dunwich, directly on the shores of the Miskatonic River. In this small patch of territory, which consists of the river and a couple of blocks, some residential, some, you know, storefronts and things like that, uh, you guys will be allowed to practice your magic, study the mysteries, and hopefully not get yourselves into trouble. And even better than that, hopefully contribute to the conciliar society as a whole. Contribution will be rewarded. With rewards comes better territory. More wealth, more resources, access to more mysteries to improve both yourselves, your magic, and the world. I'm going to need you guys to name your cabal. This is Tartarus and Morpheus. Hmm. Uh, I can't really say I'd thought of that. Which, uh, I know that Tartarus is, Tartarus is the prison of the gods, and Morpheus is a god. What pantheon did Morpheus come from, Matt? They both come from the same pantheon, the Greeks. The Greeks. You could be, you could be Olympus. I literally was about to say that. I'm slightly opposed because I don't want to have to find a Zeus. Oh, don't worry. I'll supply you your very own Zeus. He's and Matt's like, I don't like where this symbolism is leading me. That's bad. It's an hierarchy. Um, Hierarchies foster the lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, out of character, we're both good with the name. I mean, you have to have a name that you can be referenced by in order to participate in the conciliar structure of politics, voting, and all that nonsense. I'm just saying I'd like a better name. Well, what would be a better name, Matt? I don't know yet. 
Okay. What about Prometheus Fire? Prometheus Fire. Um, I don't know. He's got kind of a thing about uh, keeping secrets. How about barbecued children? It's very Zeusy, right? Uh, your wife is my wife. That's very Zeusy too. <laughs> and she shall uh, love me like the swan I am. I mean, in that case, wouldn't we just be the swingers club? <laughs> Come on, this is a name. It can't. It's not that hard. Some Olympian reference for a name. I don't think you understand. The name of the Cabal is also a shadow name, which means it has a lot of symbolic importance <laughs> to the Cabal. You don't have to worry. Just, just, just. You, you don't have to worry about that, Matt. It's okay. It's okay. I will punish you no matter what you choose. I know, but I want to. He's be already punished. got this thing sorted. We just need a name for the type of punishment he's going to inflict upon us. <laughs> um. Now we're I... talking my language. The Hidden World okay. Society. The secret Except there's world only two of us. Ancient Greek references. Okay. Oh, what was uh? Why, why don't you like name yourselves after like one of the fucking famous Greek poems? The Iliad. How's that? Ooh. I mean, if you want punishment. <laughs> there was there was a thing. Um, oh, where is it? I do have a name. Okay. Oh no. Of course, uh, now I'm thinking about the Epic of Odysseus. Okay. That's that's one for torture. Okay, so lots all of right, magic so, though. There is a book in Greek literature called the Anabasis. It's defined as the great adventure in human history. The greatest adventure in human history. And the name of the book is what? Anabasis. Okay, so uh, you settle on the name Anabasis, and you guys get to pick any number of the uh, any, like any number of the places in the territory to serve as your sanctum. Uh, I think Sis has the safe place and sanctum merits. I do. I have safe place, sanctum, and oh, hello. All right, so I will. I have no. I have no problem with you stacking these three things on top of each other, uh, since you're the one with the merits. Uh, I'll give you the final say. But what sort of place do you guys want to have as an HQ? Well, you said it's a waterfront, right? Yeah, it's right on the water. There's a few blocks of. There's residential homes. And... There's residential homes. There's storefronts, and then you've got the Miskatonic River shoreline. What kind of stores? Just out of curiosity. I haven't decided yet. Whatever oh, seems okay. most convenient at the time. As long as we have the hipsters. How, how old-fashioned is this area? Uh, you're in Dunwich. It's got that. It's got that Massachusetts historic feeling to it. That means nothing to you because you're from Australia. Uh, that means everything to Matt because that's New England. Uh. Water wheel. So we live in a shack down by the river. Oh, you know what? What if we did have like an old water mill? Yeah. And the mana comes up on the like. I yeah. like it, like with with a with a water wheel, is mm -hmm. in you know. There's it, actually uh, it still a... it still grinds the grindstone, and the mana comes out on the grindstone, like where it used to be cracked flour. Ooh, that's really cool. And I believe I'll have to double check, but I think that there is a story set in Dunwich about a water mill on the Miskatonic River. And I really like it. So what we'll say is that uh, this watermill was at one point burned to the ground in a tragic house fire. Uh, there was 
you know, the people who were like managing it, their their parents were so much touchier about things, and they were they were you know very tight lipped uh, locals and yokels. Um, but the kids, the next generation, and their kids were not nearly as superstitious as their parents were, but there was a lot of disappearing of people going on around that time, and people were really jumpy. Uh, and then somewhere at the peak of a second streak of disappearances, this watermill burned to the ground, and it was eventually rebuilt, and you guys are now living in the watermill 2.0. I assume it's a historical recreation in yes. order to maintain the area's authenticity. Oh yeah, because if you if you drop the authenticity of the area's rustic atmosphere, then property values go down. Don't tell me we're subjected to like the homeowners association or something like that. I don't know. You're the one with the rich family. No, but it would be the historical society. Um, yeah, it's like it's it's it's, it's like uh, like here in Australia, if your house becomes like part of the historical society, there is like billions of pages of laws and regulations which you have to observe otherwise they basically take the property away from you because you're not taking care of it okay, basically so basically when you want to replace the light bulbs says, to, just make yeah. sure you fill out the proper forms in triplicate <laughs> yes and it's only 52 pages it's fine okay so uh what i'll do is i'll say there's the there's the watermill which is in a separate building from the actual house right uh, and the actual house is on, it's at the, it's got like a, a, a pseudo long gravel driveway that connects up to the actual road. And that road is, uh, I think I declared it route seven. I'd have to check in uh, some of the writing I had done that goes on. along the Miskatonic uh. river. Uh, it's somewhere in the text play that I was playing with other people in the same setting that has nothing to do with this podcast. Uh, but so that's where you guys are, and it's it's not too far from the the, the downtown area, quote unquote. But what I want to know is I want to know a little more about this about this mill, this water mill, and I want to know from each of you. Uh, we'll start with Sis because Sis knows much less about Mage than Matt does. Um, tell me something about this house and mill that is magically curious. Hmm. But non-threatening. Non-threatening. Okay. Alright, so... On certain days of the year, the water mill itself flows... Uh, the wheel goes backwards. And we don't know why I like it. Mm. Uh, Matt, one magically curious thing about your sanctum. There's a look of panic on Matt's face right now. Like, no, like oh, God, I, I have was, to think. I was just, I was thinking. Um, it's a spiritually resonant area. In what of, way? Of malice. Ooh, okay. That's actually super appropriate, and you don't even know why. Because you haven't read that story yet. I feel so great that I, I, I'm really happy with myself that I get to use a specific story written by Lovecraft himself as the, as the backstory of your sanctum. Isn't it cute? Matt's so unhappy with himself right now, but he's also so happy with himself right now because he's like, this is going to suck and I love it when it sucks. I'm a 
player character masochist. All right. Um, and what is one amenity, Matt, that this that the rebuilding has that the original didn't? That's surprising to actually find in a place so out here. Um, let's see. I would say that it is probably that the people who rebuilt the home built a secret room which houses a state-of-the-art bathroom which would violate all of the codes of the historical society. (laughs) I like it. All right, and, uh, and Sis, what is one really old-timey thing that you would expect to find here that you won't? One old-timey thing you expect to find here, but you won't. Maybe the well is dead. Maybe it's bricked up. <clears throat> the well's not the original well. Okay. The well's... The, the, see, the... The well is just there for appearances. Yeah, it's basically like, yeah, like a like a garden ornament. <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, because it's not like Lovecraft wrote about wells at all either. No, you guys are totally so not. Far we have, we have those in Maine. We put them over the. Yep. <laughs> all right, so uh, <laughs> this is one of the one of the things that I really like about Lovecraft is I grew up in the areas that he wrote about. So like, I just I know what's going on in ways that you can't know without going there and it's really creepy there's a reason he wrote about the this region of the world and it's because holy shit it's fucking terrifying <laughs> so you guys are both just moving in right you've settled in you've had about a week to get to know each other to to unpack your you know your various side of the rooms and the houses and all that shit you've all settled in and then at some point, there will be a loud and creaking thunderous crack that comes from the mill in the middle of the night. However, to find out specifically what's going on, you will have to tune in next week as we begin Chapter 2 of the Miskatonic region. I'm Evil Squeegee. Catch me on Twitter.com slash Evil Squeegee and Twitch.tv slash Evil Squeegee. This is MRM Dubois. Shout yourself out, bro. Heyo. Follow him on Twitter.com slash MRM Dubois. And this is Sizz. Say hi, Sizz. Hi, I'm Sizz. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow me in places doing various things. Uh, All right. This has been Chapter 1, Part 3 of the Miskatonic Region, a newbie-friendly Mage the Awakening podcast. For more of this podcast and other role-playing content, follow Evil Squeegee on Twitter at twitter.com slash evilsqueegee. Until next time, keep your wits about you, lest you too become the victim of your own success.